Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. and gentlemen and welcome to the first in a series of webinars hosted by Kingdom Treasurers here at Jesus House. My name is Tineke Akinbolomo and I'll be taking you through the evening tonight. It promises to be a night full of insight and information that hopefully will benefit your business. Um, just a few housekeeping rules before we get into it. Please can you stay on mute for the entire time? If you have any questions at any point in time, please put them into the chat box. I will catch them in the chat box. And at the end of the session, we're going to have a question and answer session where we will address the questions that have been put into the chat box. So please keep yourself on mute for the entire time. Now, um, we have two people who are sharing their expertise with us tonight. And without further ado, I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves and then get straight to it. So we'll start by getting Ayo to introduce himself. Amechi will introduce himself straight after. Ayo. Hi guys, my name is Ayo um, and I run a music PR and media company based in London. Um, you might know our media company through the We Plug Good Music brand or in the PR space as WPGM PR. I'll be talking to you briefly about how, how to make your business more visible uh, through social media. As for us, we have been able to grow our social media fan base to over 100,000 fans across socials. So, um, you know, we'll just share a bit about what has worked for us so far. Thank you, Aya. Amechi. Hi there, everyone. My name is Amechi Odua. So I have um, over 20 years experience in marketing. I've worked for a variety of marketing organizations from startup to multi-billion dollar organizations. And um, I have now started my own business as a marketing consultant where I support all types of companies with their marketing solutions or as a marketing consultant, helping them to build strategy and campaigns to help them grow. Okay, so I'm going to lead um, today. So as we know, the series is about empowering your small business and there's several ways you can do that. Um, we're going to be focusing on making your business more visible through marketing and social media. So we all have great big ideas and those ideas need marketing. Whether you're thinking of starting a business or you've been running your own business successfully, there's always further you can go. And investing in marketing is critical to the success of any business. And the right kind of marketing will also bring you new customers, um, allow you to enter new markets, allow you to enter new regions. Maybe you're only selling in the UK, but your product or services can go global. And the right marketing strategy will allow you to be able to do that. So what type of marketing strategies do you have out there? There's so many different things you can be doing. So I'm gonna take you through three major key areas. First of all is digital marketing. This is the new growing area. You have things like email marketing, um, pay-per-click advertising, banner advertising, social media that I will talk about, um, your website, SEO, which is search engine optimization and search engine marketing, um, online webinars. So the whole area of digital online marketing is really huge now and it's a growing area. 
And then you have more of your traditional marketing. So these are the things that we've all grown up knowing, direct mail, advertising, prints, magazines, TV, radio, the billboards you see outside, flies and brochures, your classic PR, um, in-person events and trade shows, telemarketing, etc. Those are the traditional marketing that a lot of companies have done over the years. And then you have this new area called guerrilla marketing that some of you may have or may not have heard. And basically guerrilla marketing is this new wave of marketing where people are using surprise or unconventional interactions with their potential customers. So you may have heard of things like flash mobs, um, pop-up stores are becoming very popular where, especially if you have a clothing brand or you're selling physical products, you can create a pop-up in a mall or a pop-up in a rail, you know, like an underground station. Um, street art and graffiti is being used to advertise in some very interesting ways. You know, there's lots of publicity stunts that people do and viral videos, you know, viral videos are massive. You can literally, um, in a space of hours, trend globally and be seen by millions with the right kind of viral video. Okay, the marketing space is huge, but what I want to do in this time is just focus really on what are the marketing activities small businesses should be doing in a post-COVID world? There's so many things that you should be doing, but to be honest, because of time, because of resources, you really can't do everything. So let's focus on what are the things that you should be doing in the new world post-COVID. Now those things really have to be online digital. That is the fastest growing and the most accessible area in marketing and you should be doing that. Then we have your website. A website is absolutely key. If you've got a business, you need to have a website. Um, email and database marketing is huge. Online events and webinars, we've seen that more popular. You're on a webinar now. And then social media is of course a, a massive area. So starting with digital marketing, let's look at some advantages in, in, of digital marketing. You know, it's the thing that everyone's talking about now is the thing that every company, whether you're a startup or one man band, or you're a Google that employs hundreds of thousands, everybody is focused on digital marketing. It's the most powerful and cost-effective marketing tool available to small businesses. Um, it's very measurable, which means that you can see if your campaigns are effective. You know, there's no point pouring money into something that's not working, but with digital, you can see if it's working or not. You can reach a much wider audience. You know, you put up a billboard or you print something in a magazine, even if that magazine is read by 500,000 people, you know, something online could be seen by 5 million people because, you know, even more than that. It allows you to also build more of an open and personal relationship with customers, which is very important in this sort of new um, world of marketing. Having that personal relationship is no longer about just sticking an advert on TV and hoping people buy your things. People want to interact with you. They want to know your personality and they want you to know their personality. Um, you can engage directly with your target audience. Um, again, you can literally have that immediate direct, be it through social media, be it through an email, rather than putting something out there and hoping people see it, you can actually engage directly with your audience and encourage them and to make that decision. It grows your, you know, it grows your brand and as well as direct sales, you know, so end of the day what you want to do is make sales and this allows you to make direct sales you can send people directly to your e-commerce website and they can make a purchase there and then 
Um, and it allows for more personalization. So rather than doing generic marketing that you're just hoping you're sending out there, you know, hoping it reach your targets, you can actually be very personal. You can send an email directly to a Meiji, you know, rather than just sending it to dear sir, you're sending it to a Meiji. You know my personal likes and dislikes. You know that I support this football team. So you can send something with a joke about that football team. It makes it more personal and you can tailor it. And if I receive something tailored, I'm more likely to engage with than if I receive something that's just generic. It does come with its disadvantages. You know, it can acquire advanced skills because there's a lot of technology around it. So there could be experience and training needed. Um, it's time consuming. It can be time consuming and easier to be dedicated, especially if you're trying to build your social media following or you're trying to you know, grow your content on your website. It does take time. Um, high level of comp you know, competition levels, you know, everyone is online. So as much as online and digital is the new way to go, your competitors are doing that as well. So you have to be creative enough to stand out of the crowd to reach that global audience. Um, it comes with risk levels, you know, one thing that's new with digital marketing, especially with things like social media um, and, you know, online shops where people can leave reviews, that people can actually be negative, people can leave a bad review, you know, people can leave bad feedback, for example. So it has that risk. And then with it being digital, there's also security and privacy risk. You know, you have to take into account laws like GDPR, viruses, hacks, etc. So the first area I think is the most, one of the most critical areas, arguably the most important tool for your business is a website, a professional looking website. And depending on what products and services you sell as well, an e-commerce website. You know, your website is your brand ambassador. It's the first place that, you know, 99% of people will look if they want to find out about you. They go online, they want to see your website, they want to see... Um, what it looks like, they want to see what you offer, etc. So your website is critical. That's where people, you know, everyone starts their buying journey online now. So I'm very into tech. You know, if I want to buy a new 4K TV, I'm going to go online. I'm going to read a whole heap of reviews. I'm going to go on Curry's and check out the product of the TVs. I'm going to go on John Lewis. I might even physically go in store and buy but I would have done all my research and started my buying journey online. So if people are starting their buying journey online, you need to be online so they can see you because the decision would have been made by the time they walk into the store or by the time they go onto a website to buy, they've already made that decision. So what's the benefits of that website? Um, it helps you, you know, it helps create a level playing field. So you could be a small two-man, five-person operation, a one-person band. If you have the right website, you can sell as much as, you know, some of the bigger organizations out there. That's why you've seen the growth of so many sellers on eBay, so many sellers on Amazon. You hear, you see on YouTube, you go on YouTube, you obviously have all those adverts. There's often an advert of someone telling you how they made millions being a seller on Amazon. It helps level that playing field. Um, establish credibility and trust and professionalism. Like I said, people go onto your website and they want to see how professional. Have you ever been on a website and it looks kind of very, ugh, you know, and immediately you see it, it gives an instant impression. If the website looks like this, then I'm not sure I can trust my money with this company. Um, it also creates more visibility and easy access to customers. You know, you don't have to have a physical store 
you can actually be online and make you know lots of sales uh, you could be online and have lots of clients even if you have a physical physical store your online presence can help drive more business so it definitely gives you uh, more visibility and again you can engage in visitors and content that they can't necessarily get in other ways so blogs case studies newsletters videos all of these things are very accessible through the website um, and again the key thing is end of the day you want to make business so it helps generate leads and direct response you can get people to directly come onto your website and make a purchase decision there and then and also what's very important these days is customer support, you know, so having a website helps with that customer support. It also, as a small business, means that it can reduce the level of time that you're spending on the phone giving customer support. If you have a FAQ page, you know, they can go there and get answers, they can go there and get um, any sort of resources, they can get guides, they can get training videos for your products and services. It means there's less time you having to speak to people on the phone, which gives you more time to focus on growing your business. But there is a caution, I mentioned it earlier on, the wrong type of website can damage your business. You know, if you don't put the time and effort into having a good professional website, it sends the wrong impression. It creates doubt and uncertainty about the quality of your product and service. So you've got the website. How do people see you? How do people know you're out there? Well, there's something called search engine optimization. You may have heard of SEO. It's basically when you search on Google, you type in a topic, you'll see that list comes up. And there's always a few companies at the top of that list. How do they get on the top of that list? Well, search engines use algorithms to determine what websites reach the top of searches. And SEO is an organic, non-paid format and process to improve your website rankings. Um, and it's made up of what we call on-site and off-site activities. Your on-site activities, obviously, what you put on your website itself. And off-site could be maybe your social media um, channels or what other websites say or link about you. You know, so for example, with off-site, what you have to do is make sure your website is optimized with metadata. Metadata is a lot of the data that a Google search engine or a Bing search engine will use. So things like your page title, the description you have of your products or services, your headings, image tags, etc. All these should incorporate the keywords that are specific to your industry. So if you um, run a, a clothing brand fashion, then you want to be making sure that the keywords all relate to what you do. So if someone is searching, you know, I'm looking for, you know, latest high fashion trainers, you know, you want to be able to make sure that your products come up and your website come up. So your copy, the written copy on your website should be optimized so that you're putting in those keywords because people search for keywords. You know, I, I gave the example of looking to buy a 4K TV. I would go in there and one of the things I might put is um, 4K TV or 4K TV with HDR. You know, those keywords will then mean that the pages that I see first, the reviews or the companies that sell 4K TVs that come up first will be the one that have the best optimized in, um, websites. And making sure your website is simple and well formatted. Nobody wants to go on a, on a website that's confusing. The URL is so long, it's, it's impossible to remember. 
and then social sharing you know social media is huge so people a lot of people will come to your website from a social site rather than directly so make sure that your social media channels always link back and then you're able to people are able to share your pages from the social media sites and then off-site, um, I mentioned again, link building, you know, making sure there's links. So it may be that there's a page that reviews um, products and services in your industry. You know, if they've got a review of your product or service and they're able to link back, that helps with your SEO as well. Um, social signals, I've, I've mentioned that again, just social media is a fantastic way to increase traffic to your website. So make sure to social um, and then attra attracting attention from other sites to your links is a great way of doing it as well. And then what we also have is search engine marketing. Now, what this is, this is a paid for. In the SEO, the search engine optimization is all organic. It's not paid for. It's the things that you do to help search engines find you. But you can also pay, you know, because... There's so many companies out there, no matter how well you're optimized, it doesn't mean you're going to show up on the first page. And generally, most people, when they do a search, they look at the first page, maybe the second. If you're lucky, they may go to the third page. But after that, no one's really searching the fifth, sixth, seventh page. And that's where your website may be. So sometimes you have to pay to be able to come up. So... For example, um, you can pay to have keywords. So when people search certain keywords, you through things like Google AdWords, which I'll talk about in a second, or other search engines, you can pay and then your adverts that you've created will come up because you've paid to have that. So if you look at the image on the opposite side of the page. This is from my website. So I've done a search on Google for marketing consultant. You can see that my advert has come up first because one of the things I do is I use Google AdWords to promote my business. Um, and if you can, you may not be seen, if you look close, you can see that of that search, there were 746 million results. That's 746 million individual results. And my advert was the first. So that's the first thing people see. So that's the benefit of um, doing things like Google AdWords. But it is what's known as pay-per-click advertising. So you are paying for this, not free. But the good thing about it as well is, whereas a billboard or print advert in a magazine you pay, and it doesn't matter. Someone may look at that advert. They may not look at it, but you've paid. But with pay-per-click, you only pay when someone clicks on that advert. So even though someone has seen my advert, my company name is there, I won't pay Google unless someone clicks on that advert to go to my website. So it's also a cost-effective way for you to advertise because you're not spending hundreds or even thousands of pounds on advertising on radio or magazines or print to hope that someone sees it here you know that if someone's clicked on it they're interested and that's when you pay so that's the importance of you know being able to merge seo with sem marketing and then google analytics i'll quickly touch on this google analytics is it's a free tool which google have which enables you to analyze your website it's fantastic having a great website, but you constantly need to advertise on it because if nobody's visiting your website or there's certain pages that people don't visit or there's certain pages that people do visit, you can then tailor the content to those areas. So for example, on my website, at the bottom of the landing page, there's a testimonial page where people talk about, and I've worked with 
talk about how great it's been working with me. Fantastic. That's a great thing to have on your website. But I through Google Analytics, I looked and saw that not many people were actually clicking on that because I only have it at the bottom. So what I need to do, do now is how can I get more people looking at my testimonials? Perhaps I need to create within the navigation toolbar at the top a specific page for um, testimonials, which is more visible. They see it sooner and potentially now gets me more clicks. You can also see things like where are people coming from? What countries do people view your site, especially if you've got a product that's not just sold in the UK, but you can sell it globally. It enables you to be able to see all the different areas and countries that people come from, um, etc. So it's a great tool to have to be able to analyze your website and make sure that you can um, optimize it to work better for you. Online business listings, this is something as, you know, standard, it's often absolutely free, but you should all be doing it. I've mentioned before, you know, Google Chrome accounts for 50% of UK browsers uh, market and over 60% of the global market share. You know, it's become synonymous. People don't say um, search for something, people say Google it. So, so you need to be on Google. So you could have a free business listing on Google, for example. And again, you can see um, on there that I've got, I'm showing you my listing. So if you search for my company, it comes up with information or my contact details, my opening hours, links to my website, um, adverts that I've got on Google. So it's, I would definitely recommend that you all have a Google business listing, but there are other places that you can list it on Yelp, Facebook, Trustpilot, Apple Maps, TripAdvisor, Bing places, yeah, these are just a few other places that you can both online and some of these also do printed like Thompson Local do printed, but definitely get yourself um, on business listings. And now email marketing, you might have heard the term big data, you know, everything's about data now, everybody, all the big organizations, they pay people a fortune to be able to analyze data and your data is key, your data is king. Um, because with email marketing, it gives you opportunity to promote and send you know, messages about your products and services directly to your target audience. You can build that relationship, but it's only going to be successful based on how good your data is. You know, it's great to set up. Um, it's easy. It's a cost effective way, unlike traditional you know, direct marketing, where if you send out a thousand, you know, letters, you're thinking about a thousand, the cost of a thousand envelopes, the cost of a thousand stamps, the cost of printing. With email, it's far more cost effective, but the data is king. So how do you start building that data? Well, there's several things you can do. First of all, the most important thing you need to do is start to build your own database. So your prospects, your customers, um, those coming onto your sites, your social media, you should have some sort of form where people can subscribe. They can subscribe to a newsletter, they can subscribe to your mailing list, and that way you start to build up that database. You can purchase lists, you know, it's become more difficult over the last few years because of GDPR regulations that, I mean, GDPR is something I can talk about on a whole separate webinar, um, but, you can get GDBR compliant lists. So that's people that will sell you lists that of your target market that you can use to do your marketing. There's also other um, tools like LinkedIn. LinkedIn is, especially if you're a B2B business, LinkedIn is a fantastic tool. They do have a premium paid for service, which allows you to have access to anyone on LinkedIn. You can create um, mailing lists and you can send emails, um, but that is a paid um, form of um, mailing 
But if you are a business to business and you want to reach some of these other businesses, then LinkedIn will be a fantastic tool to do this. Um, always analyze your data, always make sure it's clean and, you know, always continue work on your database because you know people change email addresses people move companies so you don't want to be spending time sending emails and getting huge levels of bounce rates um a little quick tips on your emails what you need to do is make sure that your emails are always personalized you know send it to dear that person's name make it personal so they feel that you're actually thinking about them segment your list based on your prospects behavior Maybe you know people that love um, shopping so and you sell brands, you know, you can segment lists in different ways by asking questions on your database. You can find out more about them. You can find out what age group there are. So if you're trying to reach a specific generation, you know, Gen Z, then you can segment it and you can tell your email. So the email that you may write to send to uh 18 to 25 year old may be completely different to the email you send to a 30 to 39 year old even though you're selling the same product because you know the age difference and you're tailoring it to that market make sure your email is compelling don't make it too long and always always have a call to action At the end of the day you want someone to make an action visit your website open a brochure watch a video whatever it may be and then measure the results the good thing about emails is that they're measurable you know there's a lot of tools out there like MailChimp, Canva, there are a lot of automation tools that allow you to be able to measure, you know, things like open rate, click-through rate, conversions, bounce rates, and you can use these measurements to make sure that your emails are better performing. Um, and you can do things like A-B testing where you send a different title for one email to a separate email, keeping the same content, just different subject matter and see which works best. So there's a lot of things, but hopefully in a further um, webinar, we'll be able to get into more detail in some of these areas. And then also online events and webinars. We now know that with lockdown, there's so many online activities happening. People have become used to it now. Um, an amazing stat is that in December 2019, Zoom had 10 million active users. It currently now has over 300 million active users. That shows you how people have become used to using Zoom, using Hangouts, using um, FaceTime, using Microsoft Teams. People are used to it. So you should be running your own webinars, you know, showcasing your products through webinars. Um, create online training um, videos, demo videos, run training webinars. All these things help you engage with your customers and help, help you expose yourself so you have more brand awareness. Um, engage your customers through social media. I will talk about it a little bit in a, in a second, but you know things like InstaLive, Facebook Live, these are all things that you can do to engage your audience, especially if you're trying to hit a younger um, target base like teenagers or 20-somethings. And then also participate in virtual trade shows. So because of lockdown, trade shows have been cancelled, but more and more organizations and companies are now doing virtual trade shows where you can have a stand, you can showcase your products and your services. It's just virtual. People log in and they can walk around your stand. So these are things that you can do and you should be doing. And even though after we come out of lockdown, you'll start seeing these live trade shows and events start to happen again, 
people will become used to um, online shows. So there'll still be a demand. You'll still see people um, interested in joining webinars. So it'll be more cost effective. It costs a lot of money to go to a trade show. But if you can reach the same amount of people for a fraction of the price, that's going to be better for your small business. So end of the day, the final thing I want to say is that marketing drives sales and growth. Um, many of you may be doing it already. Some of you may not be. But, you know, it's been proven. There's a reason why some of the biggest companies spend, you know, tens of millions, sometimes hundreds of millions of marketing. It does drive sales and growth. So thank you, guys. It's been a bit of a whirlwind, but this was more of an introduction. You know, like I said, hopefully we'll have further webinars to deep dive into some of these areas based on the feedback you give us. But I'm going to hand over over to Ayo now, who's going to talk a little bit more in depth on the social media of things. Thank you, Amechi. Um, so, you know, just to kind of give an, a quick overview of what we're trying to dive into today in terms of social media marketing. So, you know, <clears throat> as Amechi has said, marketing is important. And in terms of the different variations, you need to be digital. So, you, so your online marketing game needs to be um, needs needs to be there. And so in terms of social media, how I would like you guys to look at it, um, instead of this daunting thing that most people or most businesses tr want to stay far away from, think about it in terms of your customers. Where Where is your customer's attention? in the whole scope of marketing, where is your customer's attention? And then we'll take a look at content creation, and then we'll also touch base on how to distribute that content. So if we go on to the next slide, then we'll just briefly, before we deep dive into those three things, just a brief uh, chat in terms of how can social media help you, you know, um, we have here, it can, it will improve your audience insights. And so you need to know who your customers are and more than anything else, social media gives you that data. You know, we always think of social media as being quite creative focused, but it's also very big on data and, you know, you can pinpoint your perfect customer profile down to the T, how old they are, where are they based, how much do they earn, and you can find them on social media and you know that is where you need to reach them on. Improve customer service. As Amechi already mentioned, you know, you have that immediate feedback and that immediate engagement with your customer that is priceless you can't really get that anywhere else even with an email database you can send an email questionnaire and it doesn't come back to you as quickly or as soon as you can but with social media you ask those questions you get them back instantly you put out a new product you get that feedback instantly and you can make changes quicker um we, you know, there is easy distribution with social media and we'll touch about, we'll talk, we'll touch on that later on as well. Um, you know, and with social media, you can be a leading voice in your industry. You know, you don't really need to 
put together a huge PR campaign to try and get interviews on the BBC or in, you know, or a feature in the Daily Mail to become an influencer or, or to become a leading voice in your industry. You know, if you are, you know, you can build that audience and build that credibility on social media, as we mentioned as well, you know, you can also increase traffic to your website on social media, which is quite important. And, you know, it is one of, if not the most cost-effective way to get your message out there to market your product. And so, you know, it's a no-brainer as to the benefits for your business for of social media. So we go back to the three main points that I mentioned in terms of attention. So as a business, you have to ask yourself the question, where is my customer's attention? Where are my customers paying the most attention? And in 2020, it will be social media. And so you have to think about that very, very critically and say, okay, I, my customers are 18 to 29. They earn xyz where are they spending most of their time and you will find that it's facebook it's youtube it's instagram and then you have to ask a question am i as a business doing all that i can to be in front of my customers if they are on facebook then you need to be on facebook if your customers are on youtube then you need to be on youtube um and then digging deeper into that question you then you also should be asking yourself where are my customers attention underpriced so in terms of spending any marketing dollars or any advertising pounds you know thinking of comparing a billboard advert or a tv commercial to placing ads on facebook or instagram stories you need to you need to measure that and you know it it has been proven or proven time and time again that you get more bang more bang for your for your advertising pounds through advertising on social media and so those are the kinds of questions that you need to be thinking about when you are um when you're looking into whether or not you should be on social media where are my customers attention go there where is the attention on the price spend there think about these things critically are tv commercials worth it is a radio jingle worth it it's a ad in a print uh, in a print newspaper worth it you know i'm not saying don't do that but you but you can't put all of your ad spend on those things anymore um if we go to the next slide and we just jump into just to give you kind of a brief snapshot on on um you know, who are the people that are using social media in terms of age range? Just so, just so that we begin to think about not being scared to get on these social media platforms, you know? Um, and so, you know, this is just age, but you can do, your, you do further research and 
get down to the nitty gritty in terms of by age, by location, by income, by education, by interest, and you can pinpoint where your perfect customer profile spends their time because everyone is on their mobile phone and more than likely they are on social media. So, you know, are you, you know, are you trying to target 30 to 50 year olds? Then, you know, you need to be heavy on LinkedIn. You need to be heavy on Facebook and you need to, you need to be heavy on YouTube. Are you trying to sell to 13 to 17 year olds to 18 to 24 year olds? Then TikTok, don't be scared of TikTok. Don't be scared of Snapchat. Don't be scared of Instagram. You need your your business needs to have a presence there. So we'll go into the next slide and where where we can ask a bit more questions in terms of attention, right? And so, are you a B two B? Are you a B two B business or are you a B two C business? What do you think about LinkedIn? versus Facebook. If you are B2B, then you definitely need to be on LinkedIn because LinkedIn is now no longer just a re not a recruiting uh, platform anymore. It's now more of a business content platform. And if you're trying to reach a, a marketing director of a potential uh, customer, LinkedIn is where you can make that connect. And, you know, what, what I'm not trying to say for us to do is go and start to send spammy messages on LinkedIn. We have to actually connect with that LinkedIn platform, you know, create content for LinkedIn that will catch the attention of your potential customer, run ads on LinkedIn where you know that the MD of that company that you need business from is on LinkedIn, the decision maker for that business that you want uh, that, that you want as a client is on LinkedIn. Create content that that will come on their feed. And if your content if your content is strong enough, you have made that connection. Are you trying to reach out to Gen Z customers? Then if you're not on Instagram or TikTok or Snapchat, then you are missing a trick there. Should you be on YouTube? Yes, you, yes, you should be on YouTube. And you shouldn't be, be scared or shy away from creating video content. Your, your business, whether it's B2B or B2C, will benefit greatly through creating video content. And we will talk about video co content a bit more when we go into the uh, content creation section. But you also have to get this thing out of your mind that says that you might be too overexposed on Instagram. I can assure you that if you're not yet posting one post on Instagram per day, you are nowhere near overexposed podcasts the question that you should be asking as a business in terms of engaging with podcasts is do does my perfect customer listen to podcasts what podcasts are my customers listening to if they are then let me see how i can get my business in front of them but if your customers are not into podcasts then you know then you know you sh you shouldn't bother but the question should be asked Okay, so we go to the next slide where 
Now, this is where things get very interesting. Content creation, content creation. So when you think about the content that you are creating for social media, you should be thinking about adding value and not trying to sell, okay? Add value, don't sell. And what kind of content can you create? If you think about written, picture, audio, visual, those are, the, those are the kind of things that will work. So, you know, in terms of LinkedIn, written content works there more. However, LinkedIn is now expanding their, their, um, their, 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 their video formats. So, you know, that is a place that, that is well-placed or that is a platform that is going to be well-placed to taking video content and then think about the flow of your content if you create a a video content that can be repurposed into an audio that can then be repurposed or be or be transcribed into written but you you only you only started off with one piece of content and now you have repurposed that into three different things and so you know don't think of content creation as some, some sort of daunting task. Think about how can I add value to my customers, to my tribe with the content that I am creating. And so some questions that you should be asking or some things that you should be thinking about when I go to create content, am I trying to educate my customer or or Am I trying to entertain them or do I just want to document my journey as a new business, as a, as a startup, as a startup business, documenting your journey will prove to be a very valuable asset there because you, through that, you can do two things. You can educate and you can entertain. Um, and then, as a business, what problems are you trying to solve? Talk about that. When you are thinking of content to create, try to talk about what problems my business is here to solve. Get, the, get that message out there. Also, it's important to be authentic and to be truthful. There's no need to fake things. Um, you know, social, social media might seem like the, like, like the place where you know, you can fake it till you make it, but it's not really worth it. You know, be authentic, speak your truth and talk about things that you are passionate about. And the one thing that you shouldn't be doing is don't overthink what to create. Don't overthink what to post. You know, don't try to make a picture perfect before you post it because you are never going to post it. And then if you just don't know what to post, ask your customers what they want to hear or see from you on social media. That will unpack a lot of things for you to create. Um, and then the next slide here, which is talking about distribution. Um, this is also very interesting in terms of you have to respect the platform that you are on. And, you know, so I say here, read the room, respect the context of the platform you are in. So think about this. Um, when I am on LinkedIn, my mind is not thinking about consuming content for Instagram. So 
you have to think about what kinds of content am I posting on LinkedIn versus Instagram. It can be the same content, the same message, but you need to repurpose it in a different way. Like Mitch said, your copy, you, you need to write compelling copy. And what that also means is that writing different copy for different platforms. Instagram is picture-based. Write, create content that, that works there. Twitter is very discussion-based. So, so your copy should be based on discussion, you know, social media, advertising, that's where the attention is on the price, influencer, marketing, you know, that might also seem like a very expensive space, but there are loads of micro influencers. And what that means is that they don't have a million followers. They may have 10,000, but they have engaging followers. And then if they, you know, if they are, and they will cost you less, right? And um, let me just try to wrap up quickly. So what next? Podcasts, live streams, voice, activation, you know, um, we will hopefully get into those things in future uh, webinars. But then the last thing to mention, um, if we just go to the next slide is, you know, as I said at the start, doing nothing is not an option. You have to do something. Take what you've heard here and begin to do something with it. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you, Aya, for that. Um, so we come to the end of the webinar. Now, there was a lot to unpack. Uh, marketing is a big area, but what we want to do is just give you a bit of an overview, a bit of an insight to get you to start to think. Um, we know you've probably got lots of questions, so we'll see what questions we have in a minute. But also, if there's anything, any questions not answered, you want some more information, um, I have got my contact details here. We will be able to send out this presentation to you so that you can look at it a little bit more detail and, you know, think about it more. So the Kingdom Treasury team will be able to send out, will be sending out the, the presentation slides to you. Um, but in the meantime, if you wanted to reach out to me for any information, any conversation you want to have about what you potentially can be doing, I'm happy to speak to you on that. So with that said in mind, I'd just like to thank you all for taking the time out. Um, to join us with this webinar and I believe now that we are going to move to the Q&A section. So over to you Tamika, thank you. Thank you very much Amechi and Ayo. Um, we do have a couple of questions so I'm going to run them by you. Um, I'll just shout them out. Amechi, some came up in Amechi's and some came up in Ayo's but you can probably both answer both, I don't know. So you decide who is going to answer. So the first question is, do you have any recommendations on where you can buy reliable GDPR email databases? Amechi, that's for you, I think. Okay, yeah, so that's a, that's a difficult one because there's so many companies that say they do GDPR data um, and it's a bit of a minefield out there. It also depends on your industry. Um, so I can't give a recommendation off the top of my head, but that's something depending on what your business is, who you're trying to sell to your target audience, that we can you can research specific um, companies out there. Obviously, if you're B2B, um, LinkedIn is a great way to reach markets. Um, that way, it's, it's a database of something like, I don't know, 200 plus million um, people. 
But if you're a B2C, yeah, that is something you'll have to do a little bit more research so in regarding based on who you're trying to reach. Um, it is a bit of a minefield because it's been made harder with the GDPR. A lot of people are saying they sell data, which they don't, it's not GDPR, and you can get in trouble. But yeah, that, that is unfortunately, I can't give a recommendation, but for something like that, based on what you're trying to do, we can, we can research and find the best appropriate organizations. Brilliant, thank you. Ayo, any suggestions on how to find out where my customers spend time? Okay, so, um, you know, I, I, hate to be, I hate to be cliche, but I would say if you have your customer profile, the best place is in terms of social media, you need to Google what the top demographic for each social media platform is and there are there is loads of information out there i can even you know send over some links that can help you know we showed a you know a small uh uh database of you know in terms of age range and so you you know you will have your perfect customer in mind and 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 you will know what their age range is and that small slide showed you based on age where are they what social media platforms are they spending time on and that was just that came from just a simple google search and so if you add more demographics to that you will be able to clearly know that if my customer is an 18 year old and she she or and maybe you know you are focused on women and she's into into fashion you can search age gender interest in fashion and you will you will find out that you know this person is on instagram thank you very much of course thank you next question you made a comment you said attention underpriced what do you mean by attention underpriced? So I just mean how much it will cost you in time or money to get a customer to see your brand or to see your, your product. And so for example, if it costs you £1,000 to place an ad in a local newspaper for a month, and that will be seen by maybe 100,000 people versus if you spend 1,000 pounds on uh, Instagram stories ads that will be seen by probably over 100,000 people. So in those, two, in those two scenarios, the underpriced attention is in the Instagram stories. So, you know, that's just you know that's just what i mean there how much cost in your time and in your money does it take you or does it take your customer or your potential customer to see or notice your brand or your products brilliant thank you so much okay how does one find out where your customer's attention is and where they spend if you are not your client demographic is it uh, Mace, do you want to take that one? <laughs> so if you're not your customer's uh, demographic, demographic, one of the things you have to do, one of the exercises you have to do is creating a demographic of your customer. 
So you know what products you have, you know what um, services you sell. So you need to say, what is my ideal customer profile? So um, my business is, I'm a marketing consultant. So what is my ideal customer profile as a marketing customer? I have a few. So if I'm trying to target small business owners, the business owner themselves, my customer profile, what kind of business do they own? Um, have I decided the size of companies I want to work with? Um, if I'm trying to target a bigger organization, what's my um, ideal customer profile? It's probably the head of marketing, the marketing director, um, the CEO. Who is the person that makes a decision on to, as to whether or not they want to hire a marketing consultant to bring someone on board? So you need to start mapping out who your ideal customers, and only you know that because you know what your products are, your product or services are. Um, so you can say, right, I have this clothing line. It's a clothing line designed for 20-somethings. So my ideal customer is a 20-something man or woman who's into casual clothes, which is not um, high-end designer. It's more casual clothes. So you start building that picture of what my ideal customer is. And then, like Aya said, if you're working with an organization like myself, obviously we'll help you with that. But if you're doing it on your own, you say, I've now got that ideal profile. I can now Google and, you know, Instagram, right? Let me Google Instagram. And then um, you'll find out that Instagram is mainly used by 18 to 29 year olds in this area, yada, yada, et cetera. So you start saying, actually, for the product service I have, even though I am this age, I'm actually trying to sell to the generation below me. And I now know that that generation below me um, tend to spend time on Instagram and TikTok. So, yeah, so the first thing to do is have a clear, you know, for all businesses, you know, as you start a business, you should have a clear map of who are my ideal customers. And then from knowing that ideal customers, you can then find out where those ideal customers spend social time on. And, it, you know, the age is the immediate easiest way to find out because, yeah, you're unlikely to find a 40 to 50 year old on TikTok or Snapchat, for example. So you can discontinue that. And then, like I said, once you know that it's Instagram, you can then break it down into demographics, into age, into the kind of music they listen to, all sorts. You know, it's such a huge area of data with social media, which means that you can narrow it down to really specifics. So I hope that helps answer the question. But again, you know, happy to talk one-to-one -one if someone wants to get more clarification. Thank you very much. Okay, we've got two more questions. I think we're doing okay for time, but if we can be quite quick with them. Um, next question, what do you think about working with social media influencers? As a small startup, should I be paying for promotion or just sending them free products with the hope that they will feature it on their platforms? Okay, so I guess, you know, this is where the question about macro and micro influencers come in because an influencer up to a certain point is not going to promote your product for free. And so that's where if you are a small startup and you don't have the budget to pay them, that's where you need to partner with more micro influencers, more niche that will be happy to talk about your, your, your product in exchange for you sending them some free samples. And so it's a case of doing research. And so if you are a makeup brand, you go on 
Instagram, search the hashtag makeup tutorial and you will see loads of influencers. You will see loads of influencers come up and you need to just be you, so when you don't have money, you spend your time. You need to make a list of, of all of the influencers that you find and you just need to reach out to them. But you need to be very clear in your mind that this is what an Instagram, sorry, this is what an influencer does for a living. And so don't be surprised or don't take offense when they send you their rate card. But if you want to just do the trade by batter thing, then you need to focus on more of the micro influencers. Brilliant. Thank you very much. And the last question, which we have like two minutes to answer in, is um, I've heard about psychographics in marketing. Can you talk about that? I may choose that. You? Okay, quickly. So I want to two things. Going back to the question about database, I have just come to mind. There is a company called Experian who do data um, that's GDPR, so that's one company. But it's basically talking about um, the psychology of your buyer. So um, psychographics is just another sort of new term where people analyze um, the makeup and the mindset of your buyer to be able to understand who your prospects are more. Um, it's a huge area. So it's two minutes is just too short because it literally is all around the whole psychology of the buyer, um, how they think. How they, how they make purchase decisions. The more you understand the psychology of your buyer, the better that you can place your marketing, your sales efforts, you know, your branding in places and in ways that will appeal to them. You know, so for me, for example, I'm very into tech, as I mentioned, I love reviews. I don't buy anything without reading three, four, five, six reviews. So my psychology is the best way to get me to write some, to buy something is to give me a good review. Um, video reviews, written reviews. So once you start knowing that, you know to me, don't send me sales pitch, don't send me a sales brochure, send me some reviews. So it's it's a huge, huge area, um, but that's really just a little quick overview of that whole area. It's just understanding the buying behavior, the psychology behind yeah. your customer. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Amechi. Amechi and I just want to say a huge, huge thank you. You guys have been amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sure you agree. I just want to give a few announcements before we close out. Our next webinar is on Saturday the 18th at 11 a.m. and it's going to be all about funding and managing business finance. You do have to register like you registered for today for it, so please do register if you are interested in taking part. Thank you so much. Um, we have a feedback form which we're going to send out to you. Please, we really need your feedback because that's what we use to make things better. So please send your feedback and um, send it to us so that we can just make things better for you. But thank you so much once again for joining us this evening. God bless you all and have a fantastic evening.